our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. I'm your host for Yoga Birth Baby. And today we're going to talk about body positive parenting. And what does that even mean? So I have Zoe Bisving and Leslie Block of the Full Bloom Project to talk about that and give us some insight. But before we get to that, let me just give you a little bit of background of how I even stumbled upon this. So the podcast in a couple weeks is going to have its three-year birthday. Can you believe it? Three years of podcasting. Never thought I'd get to that point, although I'm so happy I have. And because we've been doing, I think it's 140 plus episodes, um, I always am looking for something that excites me that I want to research and people I'm going to talk to and something that as a parent I relate to or as someone that supports the birthing person and pregnant person, I want to help spread the education. So as I was looking at other blogs and other podcasts and keep going down that rabbit hole of parenting and birth stuff, I stumbled upon this and I thought, body positive parenting. It's something that I try to do. I try to set a good example and not let my own mental body image baggage get out there. And so as I was looking at the Full Bloom Project, I thought, ah, this is something I want to put out there to this community. Now, some of it, like those that are just having babies, clearly not something that your baby may pick up on, but even at a toddler age, your children start to be aware of their body. And so even though Zoe and Leslie do speak to maybe slightly older children that this can be happening to, I think that it's necessary for the parents and the caregivers to look at their own biases about body, body image, body sizes, the be- the world of beauty and comparison and start to look at what they bring to it so that they can be aware of how to adjust their thoughts and conversation to best support their child from a young age. So I was very excited to dive into this and to look at my own habits and practices and thoughts and how I can better support my kids. All right, before we get into the conversation, just a reminder that this calendar is set for next year's 85-hour prenatal yoga teacher trainings at five different locations. We will be in New York in the fall. That's September and October. And then in Charlotte, North Carolina in November, December, Washington, D.C. in January, February, back to New York City for March, April, and then also April, May will be be in Richmond, Virginia. So five opportunities to take uh, the prenatal yoga center teacher training. I'm super excited. And the last bit of business, please jump over to wherever you're listening to this this podcast from and leave a rating interview. It helps people find us. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Zoe and Leslie of the Full Bloom Project. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, Leslie and Zoe. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. It's our pleasure. Yeah, when I stumbled upon you guys, the Full Bloom Project, I thought this is a topic that is so important body image issues and how to, uh, what do you call it? Body positivity for parenting. So mm-hmm. important. I really try on my own to be mindful of the words I say with my kids and I know others do, but it's, an, it's just it's such a heavy thing in our society. So I'm thrilled to jump into this very important topic. But before I do that, can you tell me a little bit, both of you about yourselves and what got you to, to this place? Definitely. Is that where you want to start? Sure, sure. So I guess I guess our story, um, the story of our friendship is probably a, a, a useful segue into that question. Sure. Um, because Leslie and I, we met in grad school at NYU and we bonded at the time. We Neither of us were parents. I don't think we were even married yet, but um, we bonded over our interest in getting into eating disorder treatment. And then from there, our stories. I guess, respectively, unfolded on uncannily similar paths. We both ended up um, securing first jobs kind of in the field of eating disorder treatment as social workers, therapists, and um, maintained our friendship. We actually worked together at one point, and then we had babies around the same time. And actually, uh, uh, <laughs> my last name used to be Block, <laughs> and Leslie got married to someone with the last name Block. And it was so it was like a lot of similarities. We <laughs> sat for our licensing exams. We were both nine months pregnant. So a lot was sort of unfolding. And then we ended up around um, similar times becoming certified in something called family-based treatment, which we can certainly talk a little bit more about, but it's a specialized treatment for adolescents and children with eating disorders. And so we were really on these uh, very similar paths and opened private practices around the same time. And all, all the while, just deepening our friendship and raising kids and getting into, um, getting deeper into our practice and, you know, becoming kind of overwhelmed with what it means, what it means to treat sick kids and adolescents with eating disorders. And we worked a lot with parents, um, cause the family-based treatment model is working largely with parents and their kids with eating disorders and together started to get really curious about what we could be doing kind of before kids get sick, like what does the prevention research say about what parents could be doing on the front end Mm -hmm. before there was even a hint of a problem? And this really became fodder for many uh, conversations over coffee. And um, we, we would go on these retreats together and, 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 you know, in it kind of, it was like a marriage of self care and, you know, mom time and clinician sort of peer supervision. And, over the course of a, I would say a while, we we came to this conclusion that we really wanted to get into prevention work, and uh, I I think the rest is history. The Full Bloom Project was born. Uh, Leslie, is there anything you want to add to our story? I think that's that's it. Yeah, we just <laughs> we just bloomed from there. <laughs> 
And that's what attracted me to when I stumbled upon you about the idea of prevention and prevention from a really young age for the children of like mindfulness of how the caretakers and parents speak. It's not just, okay, now the problem's here. What do we do? It's how can we be, how can we be aware before it even starts to happen? Exactly. Yeah. And there's so much we're learning, um, we can do and we can be aware of and stuff that we want to share with the world. And we want parents to know what is, uh, what body positivity means from a research perspective, because right now, I don't know if listeners have noticed, but there's a lot of pop culture body positivity, which is great. Um, but there's also a lot of really amazing research that sometimes says kind of counterintuitive things. Um, and we want, we want, ultimately we want kids to fully bloom unencumbered by, um, the value of thinness and their body being different than it is and just being able to be. And we want parents to be doing the, we want to teach parents how to do the things that, are really effective and not do the things that aren't so effective. Mm -hmm. Can you describe or define what body positivity is for those that are like, Oh, I haven't heard that term before. Hmm. Well, it's, it's, it's actually, uh, it's a good question and there isn't really a, a, a proper definition. And it's partly why we have tried to define what body positive parenting is. Okay. And maybe I could share the definition that we've come up with for that. Yeah. And, and then we could try to kind of work backwards from there. Sure. Um, so we've decided that body positive, uh, body positive parenting, it's a parenting philosophy that proposes research-informed methods which, methods, which aim to most effectively use the family environment to promote self-esteem and positive body image in children. And it integrates scholarly research from child and adolescent psychology, eating disorder prevention, pediatric nutrition, and the emerging field of health at every size. So body positive parenting in many ways, it's like it's more than the sum of its parts. And and that's partly why a lot of what we've done is kind of break down these questions that we want body positive parents to be asking, because it's sort of more about the questions than the answers. Mm -hmm. But body positivity i mean it 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 i guess as it's defined in pop culture or even in the research it's really about body acceptance and and not and not conforming right being aware of the body that you actually have and an acceptance of all kinds of bodies, able-bodied, disabled bodies, bodies of color. You know, there's, there's a lot of social justice kind of baked into these definitions of body positivity. But part of what we really want body positive parents to know about are these questions that should always be alive and active that they can ask themselves and their children kind of bring that um, mindset into their homes. So I don't, I'm not sure if that answered the question, but well, can it's the you, best I can do. Can you give an example of some of the questions that you're referring to? Sure. Um, Leslie, do you want, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm looking at our list of questions here. Sure. So we do, we do have published on our website, fullbloomproject.com, um, A to Z questions for body positive parenting. Um, so there's 26, um, questions that we're focused on right now. Um, and some of them, I'll just do the first, uh, ABC 
for everyone. So the A is how can my ancestry promote body positivity in my children? And they, we work on answering this question. We have actually already answered this question in a podcast form um, and really talking about how to understand um, the genetic the genetic programming that your child has and their body and how it's been it's been evolving over the course of ancestry and how we need to appreciate that in order to accept that a body is your child's body is going to look a certain way because of its genetics its genetic makeup um so the b is how can i vaccinate my child against beauty sickness which is also answered in a podcast. All of these questions are answered in a podcast form as well as the virtual kind of guide form. Um, and C is how do I effectively communicate body positivity to my kids? Can we? Can you unpack that one a little bit for those listening? Sure. So, you know, it's interesting because all the, you know, the, the full bloom project in, in many ways, it, it's a, it's like a research project of ours because mm-hmm. we've um, been collaborating with dozens of researchers and activists, but particularly researchers that study these very questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet everybody we've talked to, um, no matter what the topic, even when we're talking about what to do about social media or, Uh, How do you really feel about fat? We talk about fat phobia and weight stigma. Everybody really talks about language and communication. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of that C episode that, or the C, um, how do I effectively communicate body positivity to my kids? We actually did speak with a researcher that studies communication. Um, And, you know, it's interesting because we hear a lot that knocking off body talk, really not talking about bodies in the home, um, is a really important thing for us to all strive to do. Um, and that does include things like, uh, compliments or, uh, complaints about our own shape or the shape of our kids. Um, so kind of talking, uh, fat talk, things like that, um, even comments about food, uh, you know, oh, I ate too much or I'm, you know, I'm watching my weight right now, kind of diet talk that actively kids that hear that are at risk. And, um, and what's interesting about, uh, the research is that a lot of it also says that when you talk positively about your body or your kid's body, there's some thought that that actually draws attention to the body as something that can be objectified. And it sort of, it, it also kind of misses the point of body positivity, right? It's, it's, um, and I guess what's also interesting is that some of the research also says that there can be positive outcomes when you uh, model for your kids that you do feel really good in your body and that you love your body as it is. So, being able to communicate body positivity actually may mean talking about bodies and appearance a whole lot less than we are naturally inclined to do. Mm-hmm. So I have a question. So no, I know my own history is it's always been a little tumultuous with my body, um, coming from a dance background and then just, I don't think at the best healthy relationship. But one thing I have tried very hard, and I'm proud of myself for this, is my kids have never heard me say like, oh, I feel fat, because I don't say that in front of them. They don't know. I've never, you know, I'm like, oh, these 
pants are too tight or whatever. I'm really, really, really conscious about not commenting on my own body. But what they do see me do is um, I have a Peloton at home. And so they see me riding that and they know, you know, mommy's on the bike, then I'm going to do arms and weights. And one time, I don't remember which one asked me why I do it. And so I wanted to turn it to, well, it keeps me healthy. It keeps my heart healthy so I can live a long time. So I try to establish exercise with health as well as when we're eating, we talk about it's know how we call it their tummy people. It's good for your tummy people so that you have good poops. Like, is that, (laughs) (laughs) it helps them eat their vegetables. I know this is, you know, talking to, you know, five-year-olds. So is this, is this detrimental? Because I am trying to make it more about health and appearance. Is that language that I should continue to use? But it's never about the shape of one's body. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think um, I think it's in, it's moving in the direction that will be helpful for children. I think the challenge that we have noticed um, is that it, the word health is extremely confusing okay. to um, to most people. Like it, it means something different to everyone, and so the. The we want to be careful about that because with a, a child they don't really understand what that means, and so even bringing breaking it down a little bit more into just kind of what it's actually doing, um, in a in a productive way is meaning like the actual function of it is helpful. So like the, it's allowing my heart to beat, you know, and to stay beating strongly um, is helpful. Um, or just informative versus confusing and left up to interpretation. And I think that's what kids, kids will kind of read between the lines of things because when we say things that don't really mean anything, unless we have kind of in between what we're saying in between what we're saying. So we want to be careful about that and just be mindful. One of the things that um, when we, when we answered our podcast, um, the B question we interviewed Renee Engelm, and she said something that I think is really important, which is to really teach kids that our bodies are meant for doing versus looking at, and to stay connected to that as we are in our bodies, you know, that our, our bodies are meant for doing things. And we want to teach our kids that you can do so many different things in this body. And that's what, especially with girls, we want to keep helping them learn all the different things that they can do versus all the different ways that their bodies can look. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I, I would just add, because I think what Leslie's bringing up is it's a nuanced and yet very important point about that word healthy, because yes, I mean, it is healthy in, in, again, depending on your definition, of course, it's healthy to, if you enjoy, um, riding a bike, it, it is, it's, it's healthy because it helps your heart and it maybe makes you feel good. Maybe it gives you endorphins. Exercise can be a great way to just take care of ourselves as long as it's joyful, right. As opposed to like slaving away at the gym when you don't really want to be there. Um, but I think that healthy in our culture and it's interesting, um, even in, I mean, I, I'm actually curious if you've seen it as well, kind of in yoga culture, like healthy can get kind of mixed up in all sorts of things, right? Like mm-hmm. healthy can get mixed up with like the way you look. Um, healthy can uh, get mixed up with kind of virtue. Um, healthy can get mixed up with things that actually don't help people feel very good or mentally or emotionally healthy. And so we really are trying to educate parents and it's the D in our ABC, um, you know, A to Z list about diet culture and kind of the way that that's co-opted our minds and our kids' minds. And so kind of just looping back to what, uh, Leslie was saying and what you were saying, it's a great start to be able to help your kid understand that you're taking care of your body in a way that feels good to you, that, you care about your body and you want to take care of it and your heart is part of your body. I think that that's wonderful. Um, but yeah, to, to like really drum up the function of the body. And I mean, I think like what you're talking about with poops, it's like, <laughs> that's one of the functions of the body. I mean, it's, it's actually, <laughs> that that's comes actually up quite, a lot. It's, yeah. quite, it's quite Kids body positive. That. They love that. Yeah. And um, and I mean, obviously that we, we could, we could talk forever about, uh, <laughs> eating and food and how, and what's healthy eating and, you know, all of that, 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 that might be a topic for another time. But I, I, I think it's what you're asking is a body positive question is, is the way I'm talking to my kids supportive of their mental and emotional and physical well being, And that is body positive in, um, parenting in and of itself that you're inquiring Okay, that's good. Now we we have a lot of talk about if my daughter doesn't have a a good poop, I'm like, oh, your tummy people didn't get enough fruits and vegetables, and she'd be like, I'll eat more. So, <laughs> yeah, we definitely try to get it in a sense that she can understand. All right, well, thank you for answering that. So, is there anything else around language that we want to touch upon before we move on? I think there's two things. One is we really want to move away from any kind of categorical good and bad. And um, in terms of eating, but also in terms of how people looked. I mean, if we just sit and reflect for a minute about how many times after you see someone to your partner, you say, oh, they look good. They looked good versus, wow, they seem to be really doing well in their life. Like, or, wow, I was interested in what they were saying about this. It just is this, this sweeping generalization about how that we make about how people are doing by saying they look a certain way. And Mm -hmm. we really, really particularly kind of good. We really, or usually it's good versus they look bad. Sometimes families have that culture and it is something to look at and try to change. Um, but we really want to stay, we really want to try to be more descriptive in a way that is, um, more about the person themselves versus Mm -hmm. the object of them. 
same with food. And mm-hmm. I just want to like, I, I had an experience last night where I was sitting with my daughter, we were talking about her day and she was sharing with me that in her gymnastics class, they were doing gymnastics and somehow it was incorporated in that there are good and bad foods. And I just oh. had a fit. I had a fit. <laughs> I had a parent fit there with my child because I was really, really upset. And she is, she's about to be sick. She's really impressionable right now. And we just, it's not helpful at all to put things into categories like that for our kids. Um, and I think we just really, I just want to make drive that point hard because well-meaning people are trying to teach kids about food, even though it's really not their job. And, um, we need to help them understand what this good, bad situation really is. All right. So I think I'm guilty of that because, when we, when my kids get candy at birthday parties, we're, we're pretty low sugar and my son really does not react well to sugar. So like he'll come home with like this, I remember this happening last weekend at a birthday party, this red, uh, ring solid candy. It's like a ring that you stick on your finger and then you suck on it. And I said, like, that's not good for your body. The sugar, the dye, it's not good for your body. Is that mm. putting it in, <laughs> it's not good. I'm basically bad. Well, <laughs> well, well here, here's, here's what I'll say. First of all, you know, and this is a principle from the family-based treatment that we do that I, uh, I talked about at the beginning. We take a very agnostic approach. Like, we're not here to shame parents. You know, <laughs> we're not here to say, oh, Deb, you, you're doing it all wrong. Like, we're not here to say that at all. But, you know, because I think that we are, as one of our podcast guests uh, said, we're all swimming in the same soup. So I can't take credit <laughs> for that. That's Heidi Schuster. Um, but we are. We're all, like, we're all living in diet culture. And, like, you're, yeah, okay. Is that a body positive <laughs> comment? No, <laughs> you know, it's not. But um, does it make total sense why you would intuitively say that as a means of um, taking care of your child? Absolutely. And so, you know, the reality is, and again, it's a larger conversation, um, but it's a huge part of of what we're, of our mission and body positive parenting. It's really to help children understand that all foods fit and that broccoli and, and ice cream ring pops and, uh, salmon that there's really no difference. Of course, nutritionally there are differences. Um, but in terms of one being good and one being bad, no one maybe would be classified as like, as Evelyn Triboli says, play food. And one may be more nutritionally dense and like you might not have serve the ring pop for dinner, <laughs> Um, but certainly you are doing a lot for your child if you take the air out of it, um, so that it's not like they're doing something bad if they crave or want or even overdo it on sweets, because the, uh, research tells us that, you know, nobody ever, uh, OD'd on too much, you know, birthday cake or even a whole week of too much sugar, you know, you might not, um, love the idea of it. And then that kind of brings up what's coming up for us as parents. And that's a whole other field day. But, um, it really is wise to promote this idea that there aren't, there's no morality when it comes to food. There are sweet foods and savory foods and hot foods and cold foods and, you know, all kinds of foods and that they all fit. And, um, there's a lot around kind of trusting our kids to self-regulate around that. But again, I'm kind of getting 
getting deeper into, I guess, the the eye of, of our body positive parenting, which is uh, raising intuitive eaters. Yeah, I have I to do sit also, with that one. <laughs> I do want to add, I mean, one of the reasons that we think this is an important question to ask and to sit with as parents is because on the other side of this equation is uh, overwhelming amount of individuals who have trouble eating variety of foods and end up um, overeating foods and binging. And we can trace this back to kind of in the most simplified form, having rules around food. And when we restrict things, we end up binging on them. And there's a whole spectrum of how that looks. But our our culture has a big problem around this. And this mm-hmm. is this is the solution, which is to let there be variety and to allow variety and to help people understand their own body and its signals and to not have rules around food. So we, this is working backwards from preventing binge eating disorder, which is actually the biggest eating disorder that we have statistically in our culture. Um, so, you know, it's not anorexia, which maybe people know pop wise, but it's, it's actually binge eating disorder. And, um, this is the root of it is restriction. And so we, we as kind of this mission, it's really important to us to help people stop restricting. Hmm. All right. I got to sit with that one. Cause I know that I know how my son is when he has too much sugar and it's unhealthy for him and it's unhealthy for our whole family. Cause he really responds, um, very negatively. So we do have like, he can get a treat a day, but he would eat the whole box of treats if it was up to him. So, well, I, I encourage, like, if this is someone else's listening to this, I encourage, like, why not work with your son around the actual situation versus slapping a label of too much good, bad for you versus like, it, it makes it really challenging for our family when it's, when it, it's hard to, I don't know what his behaviors are, but when it's hard to like have you be calm when we need you to be calm, it's hard to help you go to sleep, you know, and this has an impact, like to help actually explain the situation versus just put the label on it, which makes it hard for the child to make that intuitive connection for themselves. Mm -hmm. No, I hear that. All right, um, because I don't want to make this whole podcast about me and my kids. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I just I was getting very interested in that. I, I'm just going to shift gears slightly and no talk problem. about um, something, especially about younger kids and toddler age, and how parents can help a child who may have a bigger body. You know, especially because mm-hmm. I think it gets commented on even as babies. I hear, um, yeah. you know, like, "Oh, that's a big baby," or "Look at you're a husky boy." Like, how do you how do you help? parents who are probably getting commented, um, from just society on their child and then their child with that experience. Mm-hmm. I love this question. I love well, this question. <laughs> yeah. You, you, I, I love it too, but you, but uh, you sound like you really love it. Today. So go, <laughs> you, you go for it. Leslie. Well, I think, I mean, this is kind of the, the question is a bigger question, body positive parenting question, which is why is weight stigma the biggest body positive problem to solve because there's a huge 
relationship to or association that our culture has drawn to big equals unhealthy or big equals bad or big equals fill in the blank. And it is um, something we really need to look at together. So what happens is you have a child and they they are placed on a growth curve in their um, pediatrician's office. And typically they kind of bump around within that range. And so from the beginning of of your child's life, we can, we can see that, you know, they're, they're likely, they're likely going to, you know, be in the 80th percentile or be in the 70th percentile. And so from an early age, we can start, we can start basically vaccinating them from a weight stigma by really, really accepting their body as it is and not stigmatizing it as a parent or helping understand that, People are stigmatizing very much so in our culture around size, um, and that it doesn't help to try to have to try to help our children to conform to this stigma because that actually causes more body image problems for them mm-hmm. um, and weight related problems for them and health related problems for them. But what we want to do is we want to sit with okay, my child's going in my child is is in a larger body and they're they are healthy and we need to keep because we're so close to them we need to keep sending them that message that there's nothing wrong here and that um they can just go be them so i think that what leslie's talking about is what parents can do in terms of committing to their child and also to, um, creating a home environment that's going to, you know, kind of buffer against some of what they're going to maybe hear in, in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's connected to what she's saying, but if those comments are coming at a child, it's, it's of course very painful and weight stigma as, uh, as Leslie's saying, and as, as we've acknowledged just by placing it at, you know, saying it's one of the biggest body positive problems to solve, it's at large in our culture, no pun intended, you know? And so really allowing our kids to know that like, yeah, you might hear that. Like those are comments people make. We, our world has a long way to go until there's like perfect inclusivity, but there is diversity of size. And you know, there's some research that's saying it's it's useful to talk to your kid about what kind of language would you like to use. You know, should do does it feel better to say, you know, in our family we have bigger bodies? Because chances are, if your kid has a bigger body, somebody in the family does too. Because we're talking about really getting to know your kid's genetic body blueprint. You know, hence the ancestry piece and whatnot. But really helping to talk honestly about it. Some families and kids are, I mean, this, there's sort of the fat positive movement, which kind of trying to reclaim that word fat, but not assuming that your kid is going to prefer one word over another, but just getting frank about what's going on in the world. And if they are facing weight-based bullying, for example, which is, um, very prevalent, you know, get, get involved, you know, become an advocate for, you know, check out your kids bullying policies in your schools and, 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 and try to sort of just be active and, and supportive, but really keep the conversation real. And most importantly, help them understand that their self-worth or their value as a human 
has nothing to do with their appearance. Their appearance is what it is. They might hear messages because here's the world we're living in, but giving them lots um, of love and also really explicit messages about, you know, about, about the way we as a family define value, right? And that that's only one piece of who you are, your appearance. Does that kind of answer the question? Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. So we're talking like at that age, kind of school age, what about creating habits for parents to be mindful of even younger? Like toddlers, Mm -hmm. you know, they may not be that verbal, but they pick up on everything. So is there anything, I know we talked a little bit about there, but is there anything else that I just want to stick in the minds of uh, the community I serve is mainly, you know, um, younger children that the parents or the caregivers should kind of unite on about Mm -hmm. habits or language or anything they should modify? Absolutely. I mean, I, I would say that, um, it's part of why we we were so excited to talk to you because we are also very, um, committed to like, again, prevention, but talking to people even before they become pregnant, right? Like, or during pregnancy, really to sort of set the stage so that when a baby does come into the family, you're already thinking about this. One of the things, and and this is um, maybe more internal, but as you, I mean, as we all know, like the idea of who your baby's going to be is not always what, what actually happens, right? Like they don't always look or behave in the way that we had maybe um, fantasized about. And so I really encourage um, new parents and um, people, you know, before the baby's born to just sort of know that there may be a difference, right, between what comes out and what you had in mind, both temperament-wise but also physically. And as your baby's developing, you know, kind of like Leslie's talking, the visual representation is that growth chart that's going to be – they're going to start plotting that with the first pediatrician visit. Mm -hmm. Really just – noticing if you have any reactions, you know, like, do you, if you, especially if you have a bigger baby and if people are starting to comment like, Oh, look how chubby, like, do you notice, are you cool with that? Are you sort of like, yeah, I love it. She's so delicious. I love those (laughs) rolls. Or actually does it make you, I don't know. Does it, does it sit poorly with you? You know, if you have more than one kid, do you notice like, Hmm, one of my kids look, look kind of looks leaner than the other one as they're developing. And again, this is more of a quiet internal questioning, but like, are you having any thoughts, negative reactions? Are you repulsed? You know, like really allowing yourself to get curious about what's your reaction, right? That's more of that internal piece. And then, yeah, I mean, you're the parent. And if you have a caregiver or you even have a doctor that is saying things that do not jive with your, um, uh, let's say body positive parenting commitment. It's your right to say, like, we don't comment on bodies in our family. And particularly with pediatricians, this is critical because we have, there is research out there showing that kids that, um, are told at the doctor's office that they are overweight or obese, you know, in childhood, like when their BMI is shared, that those kids actually suffer down the line in terms of poor, uh, poor health consequences because they feel bad about themselves, right? Mm -hmm. It's like they're almost stigmatized in the office. And this is a well-intentioned move on pediatrician's part to be like, oh, your kid is, um, you know, on the bigger side. We just want to make sure you're aware. And that that can become like this 
like this cascade of negative um, dominoes, if you will, Mm -hmm. that does not yield what is even intended. So you have every right as a parent to even say to your doctor, like, I don't want BMI shared with my child. I don't want the words obese or overweight to be used. Like we're, we're, uh, we're committed to this other kind of parenting philosophy. So I, I think it's kind of moving from the internal, getting curious with yourself and then depending on how you're feeling, you know, making sure that you're advocating for your kid by kind of using what research says that hasn't always, it's not necessarily caught up to modern, you know, medicine, medical training in Mm -hmm. in medical schools around talking about weight and whatnot. Um, And just knowing that you may know best as the parent. So what do, what would someone do if they are a new parent, which is overwhelming in, you know, in itself. And then they are having issues with like, wow, this, you know, if they've had self, if they've had body image issues and oftentimes uh, parents project um, and their child is, you know, a bigger body than, and they're having a hard time with that. So they recognize it like, wow, I'm internalizing this. I do recognize I'm having whatever issue or whatever word you want to use around it. What's their next step? (laughs) Their next step is to work on it, you know, to to work on what's coming up for them. We have, this is kind of what we're trying to do is create resources that are, you know, that we've done the research for parents so that they don't have to read a ton of books because we know that there's no time for reading when you have an infant or even a toddler and who knows when you can read again. at least that's been my experience of parenting. So we do want parent we do want parents to know there's, you know, some place to go to help them answer these questions, to listen to the researchers talk about the research themselves, to share with their partners so that their partners can get on the same page. But if if there's if there's stuff that they really need help with to to get help with it just right. as quickly as possible. You know, we we recently, or we're just about to launch um, the Virtual Body Project by Full Bloom, which is a way for for parents as well as teenagers to engage in what is right now the most evidence-based intervention around body image that we have as a research field. And it's not available to the public. It's only available like if you happen to be at a university and they're running one for research. So that's an option, you know, is to, to 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 do a little bit deeper work, whether that's with a therapist who understands health at every size or with the body project, or with some of our other resources. We just hope that we can be helpful for someone who needs to spend more time with this. I I was going to say that, you know, that can happen, you know, concurrent to, uh, you know, creating a home environment that is incredibly body positive for your kid. Um, And, you know, in a way it is maybe if you start to notice, oh, wow, I have really internalized a lot of this stuff. And like, I am, I am going to have a hard time accepting that my kid is in a bigger body. Like this is going to be a hard road because you might start noticing that when your kid is, I don't know, toddler, maybe then, um, around puberty, you know, like maybe they're going to develop into a bigger bodied adult and you've got time as a parent, right? If you're willing to 
kind of take in information. And again, that, like Leslie said, that's why we've created this resource because there's really not anything easily accessible for this. And and that's why we, we were so committed to creating it. But knowing that you can also, and it's maybe sounds a little weird, but you can create the optics at home even before you fully internally, emotionally caught up to it, right? Like you can know, okay, the research says I need to do this and that for my kids. So I'm going to do that. Meanwhile, I'm struggling over here because, and it's, and it's okay if as a parent, you're saying, I have a hard time looking at my kid's big belly. Like it was cute when they were a baby, but now it's not anymore. And I would never judge a parent for feeling that way because it just reminds me like, oh, you grew up in diet culture Maybe you've got some internalized stuff that you've got to work on. Nothing wrong with you. Like you're willing to, you know, notice that and you're willing to maybe even whether that's get help with an actual therapist or even just listen to the body positive, you know, taking down diet culture type materials that are out there now. I think that it's a process and that these things can happen simultaneously. Mm -hmm. No, I think it's so important because all parents, I shouldn't say all, but I can imagine most parents want to pass on that unbiased view, but it's, it's hard if, you know, we've all in, uh, internalized our own issues with, with body image. So I like that you're saying like, don't judge yourself, but still find a way to help yourself to help your child. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. Don't judge yourself. Be kind to yourself. And, and we are going to have an episode later in the season about self-compassion because it's a critical. I mean, you have to take care of yourself and you, and you have to forgive yourself and that's, and that's okay. You know, this is not, this is not, you're not doing anybody any favors for beating yourself up, but you are doing yourself favors and your kids favors by just getting curious and, you know, collecting more information and just noticing. It's really mm-hmm. important. No, one I, of the things, yeah. sorry, one of the resources that I think is, is important to share um, is um, Janet Lansbury's work, which both Zoe and I uh, went engaged in with our young toddlers, you know, and she starts, she starts that work from the baby um, with babies. And what what her work um, really does is it helps parents see their child as a, a unique person from the very beginning and allows that that baby's voice and that person's voice to be heard from the very beginning. Um, and that's been, I think it's a great resource for parents to engage with that actually really sets them up well for mm-hmm some of the, some of the, it just creates this foundation, this parenting foundation that, um, a lot of the body positive parenting work, it just, just naturally grows from, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. So that, that resource, both Zoe Mm -hmm. and I has, has, has felt has been very valuable to kind of us as well as it inter, it's very interwoven with, um, body positive parenting. That makes a lot of sense because a lot of parents see themselves, see their child as an extension themselves. So if they're having their own internal issues with body image, how do they not pass that on? If they're like, okay, you're an extension of me and you must look like me or be like me. Or like, so I can see how really focusing from an early age that you came from me, but you are not an extension of me. You have your own yeah. value. You have your own body. You have your own health. So I like that approach. I like that a lot. So I want to, oh, is there anything else you want to say before I jump forward? <laughs> I was just going to say, because I think it, it's, um, it's in line with what we're talking about. Um, 
you know, what you just said is so true. And it, and then if, if a kid during adolescence does land in our office with a full-blown eating disorder, we often see them with their families and the parents wonder if they did this, you know, and are very concerned maybe um, that they ha- had a hand in contributing to this eating disorder. And I, I'm just bringing this up because one of the first things we say is, you know, again, we take an agnostic approach because despite everything we're saying about how important um, prevention is and creating the home environment can definitely decrease risk, we don't know for sure at all that parents cause eating disorders. Like, in fact, we, we, we don't know that's the case, that there's so many different factors. And so it's important to know that even though you can have a hand in decreasing risk and you can have a hand in increasing risk for your kids, if, you know, things aren't going well, you actually are the most um, impactful uh, person to help your kid out of trouble as well. So it's, it's disempowering to, to, you know, carry around this idea that you, you messed up. Right. Um, But to know that at any point, you know, the earlier, the better, but at any point you as the parent, you can help your kid, you know, um, Anyway, I just wanted to add that because it felt con- con- uh, connected. Well, that kind of leads me into another question I had about how we as parents can help our children, even at a young age, not get sucked into that world of beauty in comparison. Because my daughter, again, we really, mm. I'd, I'd really try in fact, I change stories that I read to her because she can't read yet. Like instead of like the princess is beautiful, I t- make it like the princess was kind and intelligent. Like so I really, <laughs> at some point she's going to read. Soon enough she She's going to be able to read and be like, you're changing this. But I really, we make a big point about not being like, you're pretty. In fact, if my mom says, oh, she looks beautiful, I'm like, let's not say that. Because, But mm-hmm. she's, I've heard her say like, I look pretty today. And how do we, and she's just turned five and this is already in her awareness. So even from like a toddler age of stop commenting on them and how do we, how do we try to I guess there's no isolation or protection, but maybe offer some support of not getting sucked into comparison and beauty. I think it's that idea of buffering, you know, like we are truly the, a buffer to, for our kids and in the, the kind of nucleus of, of their existence. And we can, we can't, unfortunately, we're not far enough along to change diet culture or wellness culture, our weight stigma, we're working on it from, from advocacy lenses. Um, but we still have a long way to go and this is going to happen. You know, it happens to my daughter who's also her age. It's going to happen. And it's, it's just that moment like of investing in the other parts of that child. And as, as more important than that other stuff, you know, and, and in those moments we can do it like you're doing and changing the reading or just <laughs> bringing up, bringing up right next to it, something that she's, that's also a positive reinforcement of her so that it's not so skewed. It's not the place that she's experienced kind of hitting that lever for positive reinforcement or depending on um, that kind of that the world is valuing her with. And that starts, you know, in the home like we can do that in the home as best we can knowing that the world is going to do what it's gonna do and we just hope that our kid has a really strong voice and sense of self and self-worth um to kind of move out there into the world with 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's a similar dilemma, you know, to the one we talked about if your kid is in a larger body, right? Like the kid in the larger body may be more at risk of experiencing stigma and a lot of things that we would, you know, feel are obviously negative. But particularly a girl that is, let's say, conventionally, you know, meets kind of natural conventional beauty standards, um, she's at risk too, right? Because there's a likelihood that she will hear a lot of comments, whether it's from grandma saying, oh, you look so beautiful, or just like anyone. I say it all the time and I catch myself and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it. Like, how am I doing it? Like I'm saying, oh, you look so beautiful. Because it's like intuitive. It's like, it's a, it's, we, we want to say those things. Um, but I think the risk is still there. And like what Leslie's saying, and honestly, you're, that's great what you're doing by, you know, just, just being mindful in those moments. And, you know, even if it's, she was beautiful and she was strong and she loved her job, you know, like whatever, whatever it is, it's not like we can't say that beauty exists. It does. And we're all attracted to it. Um, but to be able to just keep building up those other parts of your kid and, getting really curious about who your child is, is going to help them then get really curious about who they are. Mm -hmm. And yeah, especially if you have that going on with, um, with a kid, like what you're describing, you just have to work a little bit harder, you know, like boys, for example, it's not that they're immune to what, you know, Renee Engel calls beauty sickness, but they are protected. And so we don't have to work as hard to make sure that they know that their bodies are instruments for doing things, right? Like they are kind of going to get those messages naturally. Um, and that being said, we may have a boy that we have to take extra care of for, for different reasons, you know? Um, but I think it's, it's more about just building up and, and just being able to talk honestly about it. Like you will hear this and, it's, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's, it becomes a problem if that's all you think your worth is. Mm-hmm. No, this makes a lot of sense. Um, and I like hearing your feedback on that and about, I guess I've been so to the other side of not, I literally, cause she's so into Disney princesses as beauty, beauty, this, <laughs> uh, I've been to the other side of really trying to take that out. So maybe find a little bit of a balance. I even change the endings when they say live happily ever after. I'm like, and they live to respect each other. I'm so- <laughs> Again, she's going to figure this out at some point, but I'm really trying to, I feel like, especially with girls, it's so about, you know, the fairy tale. And I kind of want to burst that bubble as young as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I mean, I really, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think, we're working on it from so many different layers of bursting that bubble, but the home is, you know, is where, where, where there's a lot of influence and as much as we can kind of throw that into the mix, I think the better, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. At some point she's going to be like, you've changed my stories. <laughs> Which is <laughs> a great conversation to it's have a, at that exactly. point, you know? <laughs> it's a great conversation. And, and in a way what's, what's tough, but also really realistic and great is to be able to talk about these dialectics. Like what does it mean to love the Disney princesses and also know that you're, you know, you're worth so much more than how beautiful you are. Right. And you know, yeah. Like to be able to smile when they live happily ever after. I don't mind a story every now and then where they live happily (laughs) ever after, you know, 
but I'm also all about <laughs> women's empowerment and, you know, like, so being able to, um, even talk about like, isn't this is such, this is like such an interesting and hard part of life that we have to kind of hold two things that are seemingly opposed and true at the same time, you know, yikes, like how, how do we do that? I mean, that's, that's, that's material for a great conversation. And I, I want to give you props because I think, <laughs> what you're doing is great. It's like, it's just a really wonderful and loving way to try to, um, you know, educate. Thank you. Yeah. I'm just waiting for that day. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I would love for each of you to offer, um, a tip or piece of advice to offer new and expectant parents. We'll be right back. It's time for today's lucky land horoscope with Victoria cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And we're back. (laughs) All right. So who wants to go first? Uh, You want to go first, Leslie? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll go first. All right. So my tip would be to really figure out who your kid is in terms of their interests and their what what they're curious about in the world um, and and to really spend a lot of time investing in supporting that, not forcing that at all, but just making lots of opportunities for them to find value and enjoyment and connection to being alive and living. Um, that's completely outside of how they look. So just to really connect to this sense of what they value and care about and start there. And if we can stay on the pulse of that and help our kids stay on the pulse of that, they have such a beautiful like direction to go to grow from and to grow into themselves as an adults from. Great. Thank you. That was a good one, Leslie. I got to follow it. Oh, thanks. So, um, <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm sort of torn because one is really get to know your child's genetic body blueprint. It's, and, and I guess it, I'm saying that because I think it connects to this other piece, which is really get to know weight stigma. Um, and you know, like Leslie was talking about it earlier to, in the conversation, but really get to know your child's, like, not just who they are and their, and their character, which I think Leslie covered, but also like what their, what their body is meant to be kind of in its natural state by looking at the growth chart and, and looking at your kind of heritage and, um, kind of looking back and, and just, trying to get curious about like, oh, what is my child's body supposed to look like? Not what does society tell me my daughter or my son is supposed to look like, but what's their genetic makeup? Like, what is it supposed to be? Like, if I don't meddle, if nobody meddled, what is it supposed to be? And, and just in the way that like our 
you know, your, your foot grows and then you're like a size seven or a size nine, you know, really trust that the, the body in terms of the shape of your child, it's no different that, you know, just really in kind of let, let to bloom physically left alone to bloom physically, um, what happens. And so to sort of really respect that there is a genetic body blueprint and that it, it, it's a real thing and just to be curious about it and then simultaneously notice how you feel about it, which we talked about. And then also whether or not it, it brings up concerns, just get to know what weight stigma is because it's a huge, huge systemic problem in our culture and really in the world. And it's, um, it's important to just be, be aware of what it is, read about it, get to know your own in, you know, internalized weight stigma, because I think that that's going to do wonders for your family. Mm-hmm. I want to add, I don't know if you guys know the books by Todd Parr. Have you heard of those? Um, he has one called, it's, he's a ton of great books, but one's called like the feelings book. Um, oh, yeah. you know what I'm talking? And there's yeah. one called, um, I think it's called it's okay or something like that. And there's ones like, it's okay to be big. It's okay to be small. It's okay to be fat. It's okay. Or like, um, mm. tall, it, like it's okay to wear mm. glasses. It's okay. If you're bald, like it has all these things. Uh, it's okay. If you're blue, like it has all like different, yeah. it's okays. And I think for listeners that have really little, little people at home, um, I think that's a great start. We read it all the time to the point where my daughter had it memorized and since she was reading it to me. Um, <laughs> and I just like the idea of a really young age, just the idea of all the different it's okay. So I wanted to throw yeah. that in there for the listeners. Um, cause I think it's a great place to start. Definitely. And we, I'm going to, we will add that to our library. We have a, <laughs> like a growing library, a full bloom library, just of resources, um, and, and books for all ages. And that's, that needs to be on there. So I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. His, he has a ton of stuff. Um, there's one stuff about like my hair, like it's okay. It's like something about a bad hair day. Um, and about, it's okay to be bald. It's okay. You know, like, it's just, um, Sometimes my hair is in pigtails. Sometimes my hair stands up. Sometimes, like, it's just it's a lot about body acceptance. There's yeah. another one he has about, like, peace, the peace book. Um, so, yeah, cool. I'm, I'm glad I get to offer something like that to the conversation. <laughs> so where can people find your work? So they can find our work in a few different places. Our website is uh, www.fullbloomproject.com. That's, like, our main hub. They can follow us on Instagram. Uh, we have a very lively, active uh, page where we share a lot of research and a lot of um, just really practical tips and um, ideas. And that's uh, at Full Bloom Project. And then we also have our own podcast. And uh, that's available most places you get your podcasts. It's called the Full Bloom Podcast with Zoe Bisbing and Leslie Block. And, uh, I guess, you know, Apple podcast, that's probably the, the first place you can look, but I think it's available in a few different other places too. Where else can we be found Leslie? Um, well, Facebook and yes. uh, the full bloom project and 
I think that's it right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, the podcast can it can also be accessed through our website. So most everything can be accessed through our website. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for offering all your insight and knowledge to this community of new and expectant parents. I think it's an important topic that needs to continuously have a conversation around. So thank you so much for your time. Thank it's you. our pleasure. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Absolutely. Art. Enjoy your day. Take care. Thank you. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection, ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money.